0: hello and welcome to on farm it's anna here back with you again this week and i am currently standing in the sunshine in dundee outside the hotel and i'm about to go inside and meet up with my cohort from the growing tomorrow's leaders program which is a leadership program run by saos and i've been taking part in it for the past six months and that's really why i wanted to create a podcast episode all about it because It's been pretty transformational, the stuff we've learned, the people we've met, the networks we've created. It's just been really inspiring and um, I I I want more people to know about it. So we're heading inside. I'm going to talk, if I can, to Tim Bailey, first of all. He's the chief executive of SAOS and one of the people who kind of made this happen.
1: Hopefully growing tomorrow's leader plays plays a small part in bringing forward the next cohort of our leaders. The programme has entailed a six-month programme running through from the autumn uh, through to the spring and has incorporated a blend of uh, six sort of thematic workshops that have been based around leadership, around innovation, around coaching, around change management. And that has been blended at regular intervals with one-to-one coaching and also uh, three masterclass sessions which have been held with... Uh, inspirational speakers with experience of uh, of the key topics, both within agriculture and also crucially out with agriculture, uh, and I think that's you know been a key benefit really in terms of how we can learn, how we can transfer knowledge, transfer skills and experience from other sectors and apply that to the challenges we have within agriculture and the opportunity to develop our leaders. We're at a point now within the agriculture and the food sector where there's so that. There's so much change coming down the road that the need to help the agricultural sector adapt, uh, to develop new leaders to take on those challenges, whether it's around broken food supply chains, whether it's around climate, whether it's about restoring nature, whether it's about improving profitability, efficiency of food production. Never has there been a greater need for, I suppose, more refined, more comprehensive um, development of, of our leaders.
0: There will be people out there thinking... I don't need this, when in fact, maybe they do. How do we reach those people? How do we make people understand that actually this course is potentially for everybody and anybody who has got some sort of involvement in, in leadership, whether that's managing people or whether that's driving direction and policy?
1: Well, I think it's kind of, yeah, two, two questions there really, isn't there? I suppose, well, the first observation would be everyone, everyone benefits from self-improvement yeah there's no such thing as a finished article and if anyone thinks they're the finished article then they're absolutely ripe for development (laughs) because you know it's continual work in progress whether you're you know just postgraduate or whether you've been working for 30 years within management and leadership roles there's always better ways of doing things the challenges we're facing now we haven't faced to such a degree at such a level all coming at the same time for for a long 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 time if ever
0: so we're, we're all in, we're in this beautiful building oak panelled we're off into the room now everybody's a bit nervous because they've got to do a 10 minute presentation in front of everybody else but we've all got our notes obviously we've all got more confidence than we did six months ago because we've done the course um, and I'm really excited to see how everybody's got on and what they've learnt and how we've all developed as a result
2: so great to be here folks at the end it's kind of sad isn't it oh at the kind of the end of our programme Really, we just want to be relaxed, we're amongst friends here, we really just want to come together and celebrate what you've achieved over the last six months and to get a sense of how you've benefited from the programme, so no more than that.
3: Scott very kindly said he was happy to, to go first. Right, good morning everybody. Um, it's been a very, very quick six months from day one. I'm Scott Gallagher, as you can see, uh, I work for Valley, and I'm the, the fertiliser trader. Down there for them. So, this is what we're going to have a brief discussion on this morning. Uh, Firstly, starting with my 360 report. um, I wouldn't say it was hard to read when it came back, but it certainly opened my eyes.
0: Scott, you were put in the position of being the very first person to tell us today in your presentation about your experiences. Can you summarise a little bit for me what you said in that presentation and what it is that's resonated particularly with you about the content of this course?
3: The biggest thing I would take from it was the 360 we did right at the very beginning uh, and that was comments back from my colleagues. Some of them were quite hard to take I would say that's been my main focus throughout the, the, the process.
0: Mm-hmm. So the 360 was essentially a kind of questionnaire that we completed about ourselves, but also colleagues and other people we work with had to complete it too and answer questions about how we, what we like to work with and how they got on with us and that kind of thing. And I suppose... To a degree, we have to be a bit thick-skinned, don't we? Because not everything that comes back is going to be positive. But then that's the point of this. That's the point of giving ourselves something to get our teeth into when it comes to improving ourselves as leaders, isn't it?
3: Yep, definitely. Uh, and having the willingness to change. Some of the comments I received was one wasn't very diplomatic, but short-fused at times.
0: Did you, were you able to see the truth in any of those, or, or did they offend you? How did, how did you feel when you heard these comments?
3: I could see the truth, Yeah, I wasn't offended. Um, we knew when, when others was going to be doing the questionnaire that some of these comments were going to come back. Uh, but no, I certainly wasn't offended and it was good to hear them and as I say, it has made me a better person for it.
0: Mm. Yeah. And did any of the comments take you by surprise or had you anticipated them?
3: No, I wasn't surprised. <laughs> I had anticipated what was going to be said. Yep. yeah. And i a tear on the chin. Yeah, yep. oh,
0: that really demonstrates self-awareness. So you knew, you kind of expected it. But then, now we're six months later and you've been through the course. Um, what, what are your colleagues and the same people saying about you now?
3: Yeah, um, I'm trying to be more diplomatic. Uh, I'm certainly giving out more praise than what I used to do. Probably my temper's a wee bit longer (laughs) you know there's there's no the same short fuse now Yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely trying to encourage rather than sorting problems for the team I'm encouraging them to think for themselves Mm -hmm. and it's getting rid of well we spoke about the monkeys all throughout the course you know instead of taking their monkeys leaving them with their monkeys but helping them to get through those problems yeah
0: So you'll hear throughout the episode people referring to monkeys. And I thought maybe I ought to just clarify what that means. Um, It's basically something that we've chatted about in a number of the different workshops. And catching a monkey is really just a term for when you end up taking on a task that's not your responsibility and doing it anyway. So we've all been learning to uh, throw the monkey either back to who sent it or in another direction to avoid doing things that really aren't our job and can you think of any other tools that we learn or even exercises we did or even just interactions that we had that have kind of helped you on this journey towards being more approachable and generally kind of getting a much more positive feedback from your colleagues
3: probably just the rest of the the people that's been on the course with us just getting even at lunchtime just getting to speak with them and get their feedback um, and that, that's really helped as well yep
0: yeah it's been a really strong network hasn't it and it's I've learned so much from other people's experiences as well as from the actual kind of teachings of what we've been doing.
3: And it's been quite a broad range of people, you know, yeah. a lot of different stages in careers and lives. Um, and I think the mixture has worked really well. I'm definitely listening more and waiting until they're finished. And I certainly don't get annoyed as quick now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken on a lot of what Fiona told me, um, or advised, coached. Me, I suppose it's not told, coached.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so <laughs> that's me. Thank you very much, guys.
5: Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Scott.
2: So after lunch, we'll there'll be we'll have half an hour where we can get a little bit of informal discussion going around those kind of topics. Because as we've said, you are the first group to go through this program. So, really do value your feedback so that the programme can be tailored, made more effective for, for who is to follow.
6: Most of you, I think, know me by now, but um, I'm Gillie Duncan Grant, a co founder and CEO of our business, Heard Advance. Um, a few of you have spoken about your light bulb moments during this course. I actually had my light bulb moment last summer when I realised that I was actually very closely heading to. What is loosely in the social media world called burnout? I was pretty much in a full time role. I had started up a new and um, completely innovative company for our sector and our industry. I have five children at home. We have a large farming operation. And I had various other commitments that um, we talk about monkeys. I had a Troop of monkeys mm-hmm. at that time on my shoulders with regards to committee commitments, um, parent councils, you name it, I was involved in it because I couldn't say no principally. A lot of people talk about it, but I really did feel this sort of imposter syndrome where um, how did I believe that I was capable of being a CEO of a company? So at that time, Very fortunate that the Growing Tomorrow's Leaders programme came up. It fitted really well with where I was at the the time of my um, career stage. And it's benefited me greatly from that transition in my work business life, moving from being a manager to a leader and supporting me in that. But the other crucial element is when you are... A woman at the sort of linchpin of your work and business life, it's crucial that you are are being your best. And to be your best, you have to take time for yourself. And that's something that I've never really done in my life. I've always had a guilt and a, a selfish feeling around doing that. But I've learned over the last six months through this program and, and others that I've been involved in, that by taking that time and, I, and that can be listening to a podcast, it can be going out for a walk, even you know walking the dog, just taking that half-hour time, which then allows you to
0: take your mind elsewhere or to think. So many things I want to ask you based on what you what you've just said, um, because so much of it resonates with with me. You know, we probably both thought, oh, gosh, I'm I'm too busy to go on this course. I don't have time for this course. But actually, that's kind of the whole point. But one thing that you touched on was management versus leadership. And are they the same thing? Are they different? I think we've all established that they're different. But how does that feel for you, that transition between management and leadership and the differences between them? I think the biggest challenge there for me has been, I've always been in the
6: day-to-day, you know, having knowledge of everything that's going on and feeling like I need to be in control of everything that's going on. And I think the move from management to leadership is one where you... Develop a trust in the people around you, as I've mentioned already, but it's about empowering those people to to make those decisions and be accountable for themselves and the roles that they undertake. Uh, The other part to it is it's having that ability to look ahead, to see that horizon in front of you, the strategic viewpoint that, as a leader, you need to have. I've benefited hugely from the programme, from meeting everybody and the experiences that we've all shared and just want to thank everybody who's been involved and supported the funding of it um, and wish it all well going future.
2: Thank Thank you. Thank you, Gillie. My name is Ryan Dorsey and I work for Ringlink Scotland and I am based at the Cooper Angus office.
0: Thank you, Ryan. Now, we've all just finished doing our presentations, um, so a bit nerve-wracking, but amazing how all the people who've been through this programme have taken away different things from it. Some similarities, yeah, but everybody's benefited in a different way. And what really struck me about what you said in your presentation was how... You have gone through a number of things in the last six months where you've been able to actually physically implement the things that you've learnt in your job.
2: My first task was to put together a strategy plan and how I wanted to lead and develop the team. I would therefore need to provoke change with upper management. So this is a bit daunting, but I put together my plan and um, I sat down with my MD and went through what I wanted to do. Areas of change where new staff required, what individual roles we would perform and what is a management style, all in keeping with the company's policy and vision. It's been absolutely amazing. Each uh, level of the course has really helped me with my daily work. For example, I've had to provoke change with my upper management, explain to them what I want to do, my vision, and then be able to carry that out and implement it. Then basically the change uh, through leadership with my team and helping them in their daily work cycle. It's just been fantastic. If it wasn't for this uh, leadership course, I wouldn't have even known about any of these leadership skills.
4: My name's Anna Robertson and I work for SOS and I'm their training manager. We're in the room at the moment. We've just wrapped up our graduation ceremony so you can hear all the hubbub and chat of everybody
0: in the background. But I wanted to speak to you specifically because you essentially came up with the concept of this whole course. It was your brainchild and... I'd love to hear from you first of
4: all, How, where did this, the idea come from and, and why were you so passionate about developing it? I think um, for a start working with our co-op members on a day-to-day basis, there was definitely a feel around our co-op members and the wider industry that there was a need for specific leadership training within businesses for their employees to allow them to to move up the ladder or just to gain new skills which will help in turn help the business so there was definitely that need and I suppose we went out to market we would say and we tested that that thought process with a number of our co-ops and other industry partners and they said yes let's try it and see what happens so Here we are. (laughs) Yeah, and how long ago was that? From concept
0: to you know effectively
4: graduation of the first cohort, it's probably on to two years. So yeah, so it took a while for us to find the right delivery partner, to look for participants, you know, to put that application process out there, and just getting to the point where you choose the time frame. You know, it's particularly in agriculture when is the right time? <laughs> so, yes, because you've got to avoid lambing and harvest and sowing and
0: carving and everything else. So it's, it's challenging, yeah. Um, but now, now, having been here today, you've been observing all day. How does it feel for you to actually have see an idea that you had come to fruition and see all of these people who've benefited from it?
4: It's brilliant. I was saying to a colleague earlier on, I feel a bit like a proud parent, seeing all these people who have enjoyed an experience, who've gone through a process, and it was clearly the right thing to do. So hopefully, from now on, we just it gets bigger and stronger, and um, you know we take all the feedback that we got today, and continue that going forward.
5: So my name is Jim Booth. I'm head of Co-op Development at SOS. This Grow in Tomorrow's Leaders was really all about personal development, and one of the things that comes through this process is becoming an independent learner where you take responsibility for your learning rather than relying on your employer. So it's great to see the change on individuals and people being so open and honest in terms of their development and what they aspire to do as well. So it was fantastic. It was just, just so inspirational.
0: I understand that you've got quite strong aspirations for the future of the programme. Could you maybe tell me more about that?
5: Clearly, as everyone would acknowledge, we're in a period of change. In terms of the policy coming through, in terms of market volatility, in terms of skills and labour shortage. So the need for effective leaders is only going to increase in the future. So it's not just this one-off. Our aspiration is actually to do something every year and to build on this. And this is the first cohort and this is going to be something that will be for decades and be embedded in terms of all the rural sector. So that's our ambition. We're not prescriptive about this. And that's why it was very much the cohort, the participants, helping us to evolve the workshop. And we have to say that, you know, it's been well delivered in terms of the leadership factory, in terms of uh, Stephen and Fiona as well. So they've played a huge role in creating that culture where people are being very open and honest. And that trust, that word trust is so important because that peer-to-peer sharing learning experiences is just so inspirational and valuable.
0: That's really exciting, isn't it? Thinking that something that you've created could be going for many, many years to come.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's a privilege to have been allowed to have that idea and run with it. Something that SOS is always really good at, supporting you with ideas and bringing them to life. I really hope that the group keeps up. Um, I think they've had such a buzz today and that we're leaving on such a high. We need to continue that um, going forward as well. So it's brilliant. Really pleased.
2: So, um, Tim, I wonder whether I could just invite you to come just to say a few few words. Thanks, Stephen. I'm, uh, you know, I feel a bit bad
1: coming here to sort of gatecrash your party. Um, the bad news is I am gatecrashing your party. The good news is um, I'm not going to be speaking for very long at all. You know, when I kind of look back to discussions Anna and I had, um, you know, and Jim and others, you know, a couple of years ago, in, in terms of the kind of environment um, that agriculture and the food sector was in, you know, sort of looking there and saying, crikey, here we are, we're, we're kind of post-Brexit. Covid had just, yeah, just about kicked in, I guess, at that point. Agricultural supply chains were, you know, even more fragile than they had been. There was a kind of an ever-increasing emphasis around how you kind of square off the circle between climate, between nature, between, you know, food production. You know, and then there was the element of, you know, a new agricultural policy getting formed. Um, you yeah, know, a number of these big drivers and just saying, well there's a lot coming down the road for for agriculture, both in terms of challenges but also in opportunities and, and, and saying do we think do we think you know, do we think, you know there's, there, there, there's I suppose programs out there that help you know equip our leaders generally, but more to point our future leaders in terms of how we look at things more strategically, how we help manage businesses, people, retain new talent recruit new talent develop new talent etc out there and yeah, you know, we did we did research with with the membership and more widely and, and there was a view that it was definitely a space in the market and definitely opportunity for it and it all kind of you know started from there and and yeah i'm delighted that this is where we have got to at the end of the first year and you know you're the first cohort through it and so um yeah thank you for you know uh just, i suppose trusting in us really in terms of Uh, Getting the program launched,
0: Uh, Tim. Just in terms of housekeeping, is that who would you like to thank for kind of making this happen? And obviously, you can now do that in a fairly public forum on the podcast.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, is my own team that have. Kick this off and have, have made it happen really. So we've got uh, Anna Robertson, uh, we've got Emma Kobayashi, and we've got Jen Grant um, or even Thompson who've worked closely together to make this happen. We've had the, both the financial and the strategic uh, support of NFU Mutual and NFU Scotland and uh, finally we've had uh, the leadership, uh, Stephen and Fiona at the Leadership Factory who have uh, made the programme happen.
0: That was us hearing again from Tim at the end of the day. They've given us, you know, you heard it. They've given us a really good summary of the programme, why it's important, why it should carry on into the future. There will be another cohort running starting in the autumn for 2023-24. So watch this space, or I should say listen to this space and we'll give you more information when it's available. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for today. We're going to jump in the car, uh, head home and maybe reflect a bit more on the day. It's been a good day and um, I'm glad we've been able to cover this important topic.